the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Good day and welcome in Rob Black and your money talking stock talk. Stock talk with Rob Black. Um, anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing in more. I think 2017 is a year in history that is going to be remembered as we started coming up with the term Amazon and it was happening long before that. But this is the time when we started saying that company's going to get Amazon. And we started saying who's going to be the winners, who's going to be the losers, who's going to be left standing. Target recently announced on its news blog that it would cut prices on thousands of items trying to compete with Amazon. How much shopping do you do that is based on convenience versus price versus hassle? Um, uh, Do you like knowing that you can return things pretty easily? Those are all big questions. And I find that returning things on Amazon is actually a lot easier than returning things at Target or um, other places like Best Buy where they're like, go stand in line. That line seems to move slow. So shares of Target swoon on the news that they're going to be cutting prices. Who else swoons when Target cuts prices? Well, Walmart and Costco. Um, It's hard to figure out why companies would want to cut prices right wrong it makes a lot of sense when you're competing you're competing so if target's going to compete on price that means walmart costco and everyone else has to as well and if everyone is discounting everyone's going to be reporting lower margins there's something called top line which is revenue there's something called bottom line which is earnings and in between you could do a lot of damage by improving margins even if revenue rises none of that can be good for traditional retailers when you're cutting prices who are already dealing with pricing pressures created by Amazon and others. So the whole sector is kind of feeling that, oh, yeah, I guess we're going to compete, aren't we? So the days of the consumer not having power kind of ended. And I think we could all trace it back to the Internet and the dawn of Amazon, where uh, I think we all remember, you know, Googling, you know, Chuck Roasted Coffee. And we would say, oh, Look, Target's got it for two fifty a pound. Oh, look, Amazon's got it for two forty a pound. Oh, look, Walmart's got it for two fifty five a pound. I think I'm going to go with dun da 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 Amazon. So, price wars, as Radney Foster once said, nobody wins, we both lose. That's kind of true about divorce, but it's also kind of true about price wars. Except for there is one winner, me, the consumer. Uh, so that's out there. And they're off. And who's going to win? It feels like Amazon again and again and again. So that's why some people will say Amazon and Apple will be the first trillion-dollar market valuation company. So 
just throwing it out there. Not my necessarily opinion. Sometimes I talk. Sometimes I talk. Just talk. Um, many, many, many years ago, I was a. I wasn't going to. I'm not going to say I'm a fanboy because that totally misrepresents me. But I was kind of nerdy when it comes to investing, and I kind of knew a little bit about a lot um, as far as the technology goes, and Intel chips versus Cyrix chips versus AMD chips. And uh, if you go back in history, you'll find that IBM made a huge mistake. They had this idea of a personal computer, but they didn't really want to hassle with the software, and they didn't really want to hassle with the semiconductor, the CPU. And thus was born Wintel, Windows and Intel. Um, Windows like, we'll do the operating system. IBM and all their stupid logic was like, okay, fine, you do it. Same thing with Intel. Now, Intel's had market-dominant share because of that, being in the right place at the right time, with the right technology, with the right CEO, with the right relationships. But AMD's new Epic Design semiconductor is impressing. And their next chip up is called Nano. Nano. That's the code name at this point in time. Ken Accordgenuity's analyst has dug into details of AMD's Epic server chip and likes what he sees. He's also encouraged by the company's intent to jump to 7 nanometer manufacturing process for its chips later this next year. Nano. Nanotechnology. And, uh... I don't know if you remember some of the fads that we've had as investors, but nanotech, a lot of people were like all about Y2K was an investment fad. Um, there's been investment fads that some of them pan out, some of them don't. But Canon Cordinuity's Matthew Ramsey is reiterating a buy on AMD, and he has a $20 price target for a stock that regularly is around $12 to $14. He's saying that there was a presentation at their Hot Chips conference in Cupertino last month and he says their presentation was pretty epic on the epic semiconductor. But also he went out of his way to say that sales trends looks like they're trending in the right way as well. Now, when you look at the epic server chip, uh, AMD made the controversial decision to string together four separate chips in place of one. Um, so they basically four dies, die zero, die one, die two, die three. And then you have the other companies that just try to put different cores on top of it. So Intel's Xeon chip, kind of what would be considered corner cases. Uh, when you take a look at who's winning, it looks like AMD, given cost-to-yield realities, AMD chose to sign its initial server products as four-chip multi-chip modules versus a single large chips, and this has proven an area of debate. And, um, you know, when you look at it, AMD is showing truthfully 41% cost savings in a four chip 32 core package versus a single 32 core epic chip um, so a lot of the, the decision making was controversial but it seems to be paying off um, 7 is the new 10 an allusion to AMD skipping the 10 nanometer node that some chip designers are moving to and going straight to 7 nanometers uh, so they have future down the road, which is called a roadmap. And there's four things that move a stock. There is the stock market. If it's up or down, a stock can move up. There is the sector. If biotech or semiconductors are hot, a biotech or semiconductor stock can move up. If software or hardline retail is down, AMD, well, softline, uh, uh, software, you know, companies like Microsoft can move down, just it, whether they're doing great or not. So there's four things that move it. The overall market moving up or down, the overall sector moving up or down, 
then the company's decisions that they make, and then there's finally um, roadmaps and visibility down the road. So it's important that companies talk about what they're doing next. Uh, AMD's Vega graphics chip, which compete in parts with NVIDIA, um, he said that he was disappointed with some of their uh, performance per watt metrics for the GPUs. And uh, in addition to some other feedback on sales trends for AMD's Ryzen's chips for desktops, uh, trends he finds favorable, all things considered. So just because AMD's doing well doesn't mean NVIDIA's doing poorly. And sometimes you could look at it as they're both doing well and they're in a good environment. So again, that would be the sector doing well. So sometimes try don't try not to get too macro or too micro with yourself. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. It's robblackshow.com if you want to learn more about investing. Sign up for my podcast. I'd like to see more people on it. Uh, anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Uh, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Craig from Michigan called in. And he had a good question about when should I take the break off investing in my 401k and my 403b, my Roth. And he's got a great option because he has the Roth and the 401k that him and his wife are funding. And I would say at this point in time, at the age of 42, it's a great age. And he's got kids who are a great age. Make sure you enjoy the kids and you don't work too hard and have a heart attack and die. I'd set up some term life right now because you're starting to get to those years, the next couple of years, where you may kick over and die. And you're probably going to be as healthy as you are at this point in time. After this, at any point in time, when you have a miniature stroke or when you have a miniature heart attack or when you have high cholesterol to the point that you get prescribed uh, cholesterol-lowering drugs, you're, you're screwed. Your your life insurance opportunities start to get smaller and smaller. Term life, make sure you get an extra million, and that'll cover your salary from age 42 to 60, roughly. And if you're saying, but Rob, I make a lot more, then get $2 million, $1 million and a half. It's not that expensive if you're preferred uh, high-rated non-smoker. So, and if you're 30 pounds heavy, lose weight, get your term life, and then you know get as fat as you want after that. I don't care. Term life insurance agents just went through the roof on me on that one. Um, but he did great. And you have to go back and listen to the last segment to get some other you know advice and context uh, that, that's you know wildly out of context for you. And it's out of context for him because I don't know him terribly well. I didn't ask him, are you 300 and a smoker? Um, I didn't ask. In Michigan, it very well could be. So in the Midwest, the flyover states, they make them big. And a lot of their ears are still attached to their bodies. And when I say ears attached to the bodies, that means like Darwin hasn't come to visit the middle part of the country yet. So the detached earlobe is a sign of intelligence and evolution. The attached earlobe to the head is a sign that you're more cow-like. You're darn tootin'. So you're bovine. And Michigan Michigan accents, oddly enough, sound like Minnesota accents to people out on the coast. So, and, uh, you know, the Roth is great because his wife, I think he said he's got the Roth, which means the money that he puts in the retirement account now, you can skew that way since he feels that he has enough. Keep in mind, the market's at a high right now. So no disrespect to him, but if we go through a 40% correction and his 7401k comes down to like 500, 
450, he may go, oh, I wish I had more money to put in now. Absolutely. Um, but again, so you take a look at the emergency fund, you take a look at some term life insurance, you take a look at some other issues. Um, for instance, do you want to leave an inheritance? Do you have your kids college funded? Do you have a kid with a special need? For instance, um, if your kid's not the brightest kid, but he's a great you know, lover. And by that, I mean, like, he's like, mom, why do we eat cows? I don't want to eat cows. And like, if you start seeing like he's really sensitive, maybe he's going to be the one that wants to be a veterinarian or a school teacher. And your other kids, this like pow, right in the face, dad, I'm going to kick you right in your, your doodads. Maybe he's going to be the investment banker and you don't need to set aside money for him per se, as much as the one for the, the lover. And I know you're saying, whoa, they make kids in all shapes and sizes, don't they? Yes, they do. That is an absolute truth. So I want to be the type of father that I want to leave a home to my kids on the coast. And I want to leave enough of a trust fund that they don't have to work at a job that they don't feel comfortable at. That's my goal as a, you know, as a father. Now for you, I don't know what it is. A lot of people are like, my mom, her goal as a mother was I wiped poo poo off your doodads. Otherwise they would have rotted and fallen off. She's like, we're even. I don't know you college. I don't know you anything else. I'm like, mom, that's fair enough. You know, and she was a great mother or she is a great mother. Oh, God, I just put my mom in the ground. Um, She used to like, I'd come home in high school and she goes, looks like you get some love bites on your neck. I'm like, you're killing me, mom. Love bites. Yes. Um, So I do love her. And uh, so, again, there's no right answer for him. I'd say think about some things that you're missing. Contact me, Rob at Rob Black Show or CFP Chad Burton, Chad at NewFocusFinancial.com and start answering some more questions. Get a little bit more done. Term life is the one thing that came up during the commercial break for me. The Roth is great because you can continue to fund it with after-tax dollars. And later in life, if you and your your honey want to get in a great big RV and tour the country and and hit, you know, all the, the dumb monuments, like the biggest ball of yarn in the country, you can do that. Yeah, that's a good one. Absolutely. He, my friend from Michigan, Craig, who listens on the podcast, which you can find at iTunes. Jeez, I'm going crazy out there at the lake. Uh, I oh, really, yeah? Yeah. I can't really talk to these people. They're coming too fast. Yeah, absolutely. And what, oh, were you doing yeah? Out the, yeah. what were you doing out at the lake? My advice is, is that if your earlobes are attached and you're from Michigan or Minnesota, go fire up the Darwinian wood chipper and potentially, <laughs> potentially jump on in. Oh, we just lost another Minnesotan. Jim Harbaugh, not long for the University of Michigan football, by the way. By the way, Michigan, awesome state. Uh, terribly underrated. It's a tech state. Now, again, it is a flyover state, and they got those great lakes, which, they're okay. I would have called them the okay lakes. Okay, but to answer his question on my medics, because I've totally digressed, um, I don't know a lot about it. First and foremost, so my quick analysis of it is going to be that it's a mid-cap company. Um, so it's it's a real company. They're out of Georgia. I would go to M-I-M-E-D-X, uh, mymedics.com, and get an annual report sent to you and read it. It's good reading, and you won't get it by the weekend. Um, get a real copy, fire up the hot tub, and read it in the hot tub, maybe with a glass of wine next weekend. Uh, a little bit more, you'll read, when you read the annual report, 
I once was in love with a graphic designer, and they're really cool packages that graphic designers typically put together, and it tells you about the company's history. It's a letter from the CEO. It shows you, you know, what the company does and the exciting benefits of, of their product. But it also shows you who the competition, the risks are. And then there's some financial statements in it. Um, recently, MyMedics, ticker symbol MDXG, reported that the latest peer-reviewed clinical study of MyMedics dehydrated human Aminim corian membrane allografts demonstrated significantly higher healing rates of mimetics epifex. I don't know what that means. I don't know what an amnion corian membrane allograft is. Is that fair? That maybe I'm in over my head on this one? Expectations is to expand the company's flu. Not flu like achu, but vlu. As it almost grew, the insurance coverage for it by an additional 75 to 150 million annual revenue opportunity. Um, they had a study of 16 randomized 15 center clinical trial conducts to evaluate the efficacy of Epifix to moist wound dressings and multi-year compression bandages. I don't know how big of a market that is. That annual report is a good start. You can go to sec.gov and get the quarterly filings, the Qs. You can get the S filings, which are in between. I'll do a little bit more work on this because, again, it takes some time just to give you a quick snapshot. There's no quick snapshots. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Boom shakalaka. Straight out of Compton. So Craig, if that was his real name, out of Michigan, and that's really where he was, asked about my medics and ticker symbol is M let me see if I can remember. Uh MDXG. It's kind of complicated. It's a mid-cap company, which basically means there's not a lot of research on it, and there's no way everyone in America knows the name of the company, like a big company like an Apple or Coca-Cola. And there's some lawsuits that are being thrown around on patent infringements, and I don't have the ability to analyze that. Um, There's an analyst at Needham who follows the company, Needham, N-E-E-D-H-A-M. And if you're just tuning in now, this call started two segments ago. And he asked a couple questions, and it goes to show you how complicated. With just two questions, is four hundred is seven hundred k in my four hundred one k enough? And what do you think about biomedics? Take a similar MDXG, and from taking a look at it, it looks pretty interesting. And I take a look at a three year chart on it and a five year chart because that's typically you got to give companies like mid cap companies a little bit of time to do their mojo. Um, otherwise, it's just legalized gambling on some levels. Um, and they've, you know, they've got a credit agreement. Uh, it's kind of interesting on that level. Uh, when you take a look at the company, they're into medical supplies is the simplest way of saying it. They're out of Georgia, which means their labor structure is probably not going to be crazy because they're out of Marietta, Georgia, which is a nice city. Uh, it's not Atlanta. It's not, you know, D.C., Boston, New York. You know, it's not a big East Coast or Southern city. Um, but there's not a lot of information on it either. So when they do surgical appliances and supplies, uh, you are going to have a little bit of a, a an edge, especially if you're like a doctor or a hospital administrator and you know the product and you know the relationships. Did you like it once? In medical supplies and medical devices, that's not important if you liked it once. 
because a hottie, whether it be a, a guy or a girl, can come to your offices or the hospital and she can have a bag of pizzas and she can say, I want to show you our hot new product. And I know you're saying, is that a male impression or a female impression? Depends. Depends on what you heard. It's an illusion, as Doug Hitting would say. Uh, so I don't really have a good answer. You know, there's just not a lot of information on this company. When you take a look at a two or three year chart, you start getting a little bit better feeling of the trend of what they've been doing. For two years, the stock, you know, went from 10 to 12 to 10 to 12 to 9 to 8 to 9 to 8 to 9. Boom! Up to fourteen, fifteen dollars Pretty nice in the last six months. So something's happening on that level. Um, you know, when you take a look at year-to-date, it's up 47%. In the last 52 weeks, it's up 57%. So it's got a lot of winner, winner, chicken dinner priced into it. So if you're buying it today, you're buying in a lot of past performance. And keep in mind, what's the phrase that pays on Wall Street? Past performance, not indicative of future results, right? So one thing that I'm going to ask you to look at is get that annual report or the quarterly report, and then you're going to start looking at financials of the company. And you go back to 2012, and you see they did $27 million in sales. Then in the next year, $59 million. That's doubling. And then they did $118 million. They did $187 million. They did $245 million. That's pretty damn good. I know that if I came home with a salary that looked like, let's just say I might have six kids. You know what I'm saying? Zooby, zooby, zooby. There would be some love. There'd be a new washer and dryer. Come on down. Zooby, zooby, zooby. Now, their cost of business hasn't really gone up crazy either. Keep in mind, $27 million in revenue got them $5.5 million in cost of goods. $59 million in sales got them $10 million. So that was a doubling. But then it starts to flatten down on the costs. So their, their profits start to go up. Their income has gone from $21 million to $48 million to $104 million to $166 million to $210 million in the last five years. This is a winner. Everything that I'm seeing on it is a winner. Keep in mind, I don't know what their lawsuits are about. I have to do more work. You have to do more due diligence on a company like this. Um, they've had some years where they've had some unusual expenses, like 2012 and 2013. Um their pre-tax income has not been as consistent as some of their other growth items on their financial statements. Um, their net income two years ago was higher than it was last year again, but their revenues were higher than it was last year. So there's some inconsistencies that I kind of want to try to figure out what's going on. You're not going to own this one for a dividend. Um, in the last 24 months, they've had some inconsistent financial execution. And again, this is literally literally a snapshot that I can throw out there for you. So this is not great information. I would want to sit down and spend one to four hours minimum on a company like this before having a real solid opinion. Um, but, you know, inventories, they've gone up. They've doubled in the last year. That's a little bit of a problem. So if they're making medical supplies, like, and again, I don't know a lot about them. If they're making medical supplies that are problematic where you have too much inventory, or like I said, if you're a hospital doctor or a hospital administrator and they're making like, let's say, a wound uh, bandage that heals twice as fast as, say, gauze does. Um, if suddenly as an administrator you go, you know what, we saw some infections and we're not going to order any more of that. We're going to go back to the Johnson & Johnson wound thing, uh, wound product. Well, suddenly this company may see their, their, their inventory swell and no one ever buy the product again or they have to take a big write-off. 
So it's a little bit impossible for me to give, uh, you know, they, there's not a lot of debt. You know, there's some positives that I can throw out there for sure. Uh, the revenues look great. The earnings have been inconsistent in the last two years. Um, their margins look good. So you see how I'm, I'm like starting to make a case for and against. Taking a look at what some of the analysts say. And again, there's some lawsuits that I don't have time to read through because they're, they're big law documents. Uh, there's some interactions with the SEC. The company's had some public filings, which you'll find at sec.gov. sec.gov. There's S filings, and Q filings, and K filings. K is annual. Q is quarterly. S is in between the quarters. Uh, they're in the process of taking some proactive approach that they took with the Department of Veterans Affairs. As reported in their previous press release dated September 7, 2017, the company received a subpoena from the SEC that appears to relate to the former employee's allegations. So there's a former employee who's under some sort of internal investigation or something like that. Um, there's a lot of short sellers. There's a lot of people that don't like the company. As a CEO of a company, you kind of want to be a CEO, and you don't want to always be going... And this is not this company, but you don't always, hey, that guy who had an affair with somebody or that guy who sexually harassed someone, like Weinstein got kicked out because people don't like distractions. So as CEO, you don't always want to be covering for, you want to be a CEO. Um, Let's see. I think you'd get a lot from listening to conference calls of the company. MDX, this is a good, I mean, this is an interesting mid-sized company. Mid-sized companies can quickly become large companies, and companies like Johnson & Johnson could say, you know what, we want that company. We want, or you know, maybe a Medtronic or someone along that, those lines. I don't know their product line well enough to tell you who would be an interesting acquirer of the company. Um, but they do also yeah, do a lot of uh, growth conferences because of the growth of the revenue, so a lot of analysts will cover it. And if you were to look up you know, um, Mimetics Growth Conference, you'd probably find something on Google. Uh, Google's a great investigative tool. Um, hit the news, hit, you know, uh, medical devices. Um, you also want to do, you know, medical conferences and see if they're presenting. Uh, a lot of that's going to be uh, at their website. So, for instance, their next earnings call is October 27th. Uh, their consensus expectations for $0.08. Cents. There's a lot of information you can get from a company like this. Um if you call the company, I see Jenny Montgomery Scott um, osteoarthritis pain conference they're going to be at. Uh, they did announce preliminary revenue for the third quarter already. Again, a lot of shorts. They're, they're kind of managing their earnings and their expectations on this one. So um, they're going to European Wound Management Association annual conference. I know you're saying, man, that sounds like a summer vacation. Yeah, you missed it. So it was back in May, the European Wound Management Association Annual Conference 2017. Um, plus, they went to the fifth annual Arm Cell Gene Therapy Investor Day. Um, and I know you're saying, boy, that would have been a lot of fun. But if you go to, for instance, the European Wound Management Association uh, website, ewma.org, you could read about the presentations. You could read about what's happening this year, what's happening next year. And you might get a, an idea of how sexy of a player this guy, this company is in that world. Um, you know, taking a look at the analyst expectations, I see one price target at Needham of $20. Um, and I see one price target of, I can't tell who that company is, uh, but $16 price target. So... Uh, It may be something that you can call those companies and get a research report. It may be something if you have an account at TD Ameritrade or if you have an account at 
Smith Barney or if you have an account at Vanguard or Fidelity, log into your account and punch in this company. Again, uh, you'll get a lot of information on this if you do a little bit of research on your own for it. And for instance, if you punch in MDXG at your brokerage account, you may get a standard and poor's tear sheet, which is a really quick synopsis. Some tear sheets are really detailed, though, and will give you like the last five years. Um, your brokerage may have access to the street research or somebody else that they can help you um, give you some more opinions and ideas. I can't follow every mid-cap stock. I just gave you 15 minutes on it, essentially, and I, I still feel like I can give you another four hours on it. And I don't even have proper research materials in front of me like a Bloomberg terminal. Hope that helps, Craig. This hour of the show dedicated to Craig in Michigan. Yeah. I love me, Michigan, folks. You can always find me online at Rob Black Show, Rob Black Show, and hopefully one day, Craig, we meet, because uh, you sound like an interesting guy. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I think you can sum this up into a nice, fat list. You're going to see Google and others like Apple follow Amazon into a smart speaker market with a screen. Um, Apple's FaceTime. Why not put it on the counter? Why not? put a smart speaker into it and you can video chat with me or you can listen to music. Who doesn't want to video chat with me, Rob Black? More than 50 million new smart home devices are going to ship in the U.S. alone in 2018. It's all about getting to the home once and then building off that foothold. The smart speaker market's going to stratify based on languages around the world. You're going to hear more about a technology called low-power wide-area network, and they're going to start raising money on Wall Street. Western governments are going to hold hearings to explore the Internet of Things regulations for consumer devices. Um, The idea of your thermostat getting hacked, you're like, who cares? But how about your wireless router getting hacked, and then suddenly your computer getting hacked? Right? Problem. Digital media is going to have a big year in 2018 as more and more people wake up to the fact that Amazon, Netflix, YouTube, Google, Apple are all contenders with ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox. Generation Z is going to be the new generation that we start paying attention to because they're going to make up 40% of all shoppers by the year 2020. Digital publishers are going to look for ways to diversify revenue just beyond advertising. Whether it's be more swag advanced ticket sales, um, whether it's going to be add-on, tchotchkes, you get the idea. To me, you're seeing advertising get sick as far as smart it is. When I say sick, I mean that's kind of awesome or kind of crazy or kind of uncomfortable. Um, and we've seen this like develop slowly. You used to be on a website and you'd see like an ad for the news. And you're like, I never watch the news. Who cares? Um, as artificial intelligence looks at your Facebook posts, they're going to say, hey, I see that Rob's got kids. I see that Rob likes to ski. I see that Rob wants a vacation home. I'll be like, I never said that. Did you scan my voicemails? Why not? Artificial intelligence is there, my friend. Artificial intelligence is there. Amazon's starting to roll out tools to become more of a 
dominant advertising force competing with Google and Facebook. Do I like Amazon stock, Facebook stock, Apple stock? I do. So the broker rise is particularly actual mining stocks mentioned during the show. Um, right now, Amazon is the only player really in the voice assistant space. That started to change in Christmas 2017 as Google started giving away um, voice assistants, speakers, voice assistant powered speakers. The consumer virtual reality market, it's not here yet. There's not a breakout game or a breakout app yet. And I can tell you at the start of 2018, the augmented reality apps on the Apple iPhone 10, it ain't worth getting. Will they develop around fast? Yeah. Businesses are going to start to abandon mobile apps in favor of focusing on messaging and social apps. Messaging and social apps hit five plus billion people in the world. You don't have a bigger pipe to people than messaging and social apps. So elsewhere out there, what do I expect? Um, Facebook is really doing quite a physical expansion on their campus. And they're going to fill some of those buildings with developers. They're going to fill some of those buildings with engineers. They're going to fill some of those buildings with salespeople, with marketing people. Right now, Facebook wants really developers to say, if they can create an app that puts you in Facebook longer, they want that. Facebook loses relevance when they lose eyeballs and minutes. The Amazon Whole Foods marriage is turning out not to be what we thought it would. We thought it would lower prices. It's raised prices. Amazon doesn't want to lose money. Now, what do they, where do they go from here? And how do they rebrand the grocery going forward? How do they say, we've got this grocery store that we'll deliver to you. Um, do they keep that reputation and or not? Alibaba is going to have a big 2018. You're going to hear more and more about them. Their success in uh, their success in the retail world of Asia and China is is crazy. And if you don't know about them, you will. I think 2018, you're going to see Amazon figure out how to get into pharmaceuticals. India is going to become a buzzword in conference calls for Google and Amazon and Apple, particularly Apple. Will you start seeing some high-profile retailers like Macy's accept cryptocurrencies in 2018? You might. Millennials are fascinated, and they drove it from $800 in 2016 to $19,000 in 2017. And there was a big 40% correction to start out 2018, back to 10,000 mark. Millennials in the United States are pretty amateurish, but they want to be there early and not late. Um, so retailers want the millennials and the Generation Z, so they'll start accepting it, I predict. Anyway, anyway, you can find me online on Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Find me on Apple iTunes under Rob Black and your money. Good day. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.